you can see that once all of this is scheduled, you no longer have to think about what you need to be doing. Everything just starts to happen naturally and we've created a rhythm that gives us momentum. Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and You. We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and You, we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and You. Today, we're going over The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. The book has started out with our choices, which compound in, into our habits, and now has led us into the momentum of all that and how the momentum can be used for success. We're going to start off with a little quote from our man, Newton. It's from uh, Newton's first law. It's just the law of inertia. It says that objects at rest tend to stay at rest unless acted on by an outside force. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion unless something stops their momentum. Put another way, couch potatoes tend to stay couch potatoes. Achievers, people who get into a successful rhythm, continue busting their butts and end up achieving more and more. You really can't say it any better than that. It's you either stay on the couch and that's where you're going to be, or if you're up at least trying, there's a chance for momentum to take off and you're going to be doing your goal before you know it. It says, do you ever wonder why successful people tend to get more successful and the rich get richer and the happy get happier and the lucky get luckier? It's because they've got momentum and when it rains, it pours. Oh, so that's why the poor get poorer. Compound effect is always working, negative habits or positive, when left unchecked, can build up steam and send you into a tailspin of unlucky. That's why the poor stay poor. And then if you don't have good habits, or not habits, but good routine, like he was saying, then you instantly fall back into the bad habits or choices that we were making before. So this routine is now, it's really everything. Because it all just compounds. So we keep talking about momentum, but what's the best way to start building it? Well, in the book, there's five steps. It says, number one is making new choices based on your goals and core values. Number two is putting those choices to work through new positive behavior. Number three is repeating those healthy actions long enough to establish new habits. Number four is building routines and rhythms into your daily disciplines. And number five is staying consistent over a long enough period of time. And then it says, bang, you've got momentum taking your time i know we hit it every week but it's the most important one because your instant gratification is the worst way to live in life and it's the way we've been trained lately we need to break that horrible curse i like the book it says to create profitable and effective routines you must first decide what behaviors and habits you want to implement take a moment to review your goals from chapter three as well as the behaviors you want to add and subtract. For the new people, go back to the last podcast. Once you establish, say, a morning routine, I want you to consider it cast in concrete until further notice. You get up, you do it, no argument. If someone or something interrupts you, start back at the beginning to anchor your foundation for the performance that follows. No, I really like that. We say that every week for the podcast. You know, it's like, uh, we could, but it's... We know if we just don't do it every week, it has to be done, no matter what. The best way to build up your momentum is to get into a good routine. 
but to even start a good routine, you have to first bookend your days, as he goes over in the book. He says, to bookend your day, it's basically a morning routine and an evening routine that are consistent. It says, it can be difficult or even futile to predict or control what will show up in the middle of your workday, but you can almost always control how your day starts and how it ends. I have routines for both. You design your behavior and your routine accordingly. Your routine. It's, there's no like written rule, you're saying. You can't right. just yeah. copy-paste his routine. No, depending on what your goal is, that's what you're going to need to plan and make your routine around and about. You want to be an athletic runner, you can't sit there and do his morning routine of four stretches. Like You're going to maybe get a little deeper. Right, but stretching is something he happens to do in his routine in the morning. Um, it's only for 10 minutes, and as well as pot of coffee brews, but that's the only time he's got to do it, and he wanted to do it, so that's where he found the time. And I know it's just... So where's your 10 minutes a day? Right. Specifically, the book, the author, he says his morning routine is he gets up at 5 a.m. He's got eight minutes after he hits the snooze button, and in those eight minutes, he does three things. First... He thinks of all the things that he's grateful for. Second, he does something that sounds a bit odd, but he says, but I send love to someone. The way to get love is to give it, and one thing I want more of is love. I give love by thinking of one person, anyone, friend, relative, coworker. It doesn't matter. And then I send them love by imagining all that I wish and hope for them. Some would call this a blessing or a prayer. I call it a mental love letter. And then third, he thinks about his number one goal and decides which three things I'm he's going to do on this day to move closer toward reaching it. I like that because it's the daily goal, which I think you, everyone needs. You, you always need a major goal, like that's to get out of debt, but you need a minor goal. So how am I going to get out of debt today? Well, if I earn $100, I could get rid of that one debt that's been haunting me. So that would be your minor goal. And as you earn 20 bucks every day, you start crossing it off. Stuff like that, where... You're still working towards the major, but little minor ones every day. And he, I know it's at the end, but he says he transfers them at night to the next day, and I found that really cool. Yeah, to continue with his routine. then So once he gets up, he makes his coffee, he does his 10-minute stretches. Then he gets a half an hour to sit and enjoy himself while listening to something positive and instructional. He doesn't fill his brain with garbage or nonsense or social media that, isn't important and then um he has a calibration appointment which is 15 minutes where he goes over what he's actually going to get done for the day what's the what are the three if if, if i can only get three things done today what would they be that's a good number you know i would say five but maybe he's obviously been doing it a lot longer so the three seems to be even more accomplishable because five might get you overwhelmed and then he says he checks his email and then he pretty much starts his day it's a and I like the end. It says, the rest of the day can take a million different shapes, but as long as I go through my morning routine, a majority of the key disciplines I need to be practicing are taken care of, and I'm properly grounded and prepared to perform at a much higher level than if I started each day erratically or worse with a set of bad habits. It makes me think of those people that show up to work. They're like literally two minutes late. But they're still 20 minutes late mentally. You know that they're not at work. They haven't even walked through that door. They're shoes aren't even on they got two pairs of shoes one and you know it's like it's just the job i do you have to have work shoes but it's just the point that they're not there yet they're still at home that's what i thought of when he was reading it 
And then the next part is sweet dreams. So that's in the evening, his evening routine. He says he likes to cash out. Um, he he So that means he turns in all his receipts, credit card slips, everything has to go, or there would be big trouble. Like back, like if you were a waiter, he's referring to back in the day when he was a waiter. That's funny. I am not a waiter, but I thought that was cool because if you're off even, you know, a dollar, someone's going to yell at you. Like, so you have to be that strict about it. He's being like, not just like, oh, I should check up on myself. No, you have to pretend your boss is going to like, where is that dollar? You where have to hold yourself bucks? accountable. And yeah, you are the boss. For what you say you're going to do. <laughs> if you say you're going to get this done today, then you need to get it done. And if not, then you need to evaluate why. And and that's where he says, compare your plan for the day and how did it go? And what do you need to carry over to tomorrow's plan? What else needs to be added based on what showed up throughout the day? What's no longer important? Are there new ideas? Like, things happen throughout the day and things change all the time. It made me think of when we were watching that farm show. You know, he's like, he just wants to go out and do something. And then, oh, no, the goats escape. So now he's got to work on the fence. So it just, like, stuff like that every day. He just keeps writing the list and and endless. It says, finally, I like to read at least 10 pages of an inspirational book before going to sleep. I know the mind continues to process the last information consumed before bedtime, so I want to focus my attention on something constructive and helpful in making progress with my goals and ambitions. That's it. All hell can break loose throughout the day, but because I control the bookends, I know I'm always going to start and finish strong. These routines get very stale, I guess is the best way to put it. Repetitive. So... You're going to want to switch it up. He does his with his weights. He likes to never do the same weight because his body gets very used to it. But I was thinking that driving home would be a good way for me to maybe switch it up. There's at least two, three different roads I could take. Maybe add another minute or two. But I never take them because I always do the straight route. So maybe that would help freshen up the weekly routine once a week. Oh, that's a good idea. Give you something different to look at and think about. Spend a little more time listening to the podcast that I listened to on the way home. Next in the book, he says, once your daily disciplines have become a routine, you then want the succession of those steps to create a rhythm. And I like how he describes the rhythm. He says, it's like the wheels of a steam locomotive. At a standstill, it takes very little to keep it from moving forward. A one inch block of wood placed under the front wheel will do the job. It takes an incredible amount of steam to get the pistons to move and cause a series of connections that get the wheels to budge. It's a slow process, but once the train starts rolling, the wheels get into a rhythm. If the pressure remains consistent, the train gains momentum, and watch out, at 55 miles an hour, that train can crash through a five-foot steel-reinforced concrete wall and keep on going. If you envision your success as an unstoppable locomotive, it may help you stay enthusiastic about getting into your own rhythm. That's amazing. You think, what do they have to use to stop something that powerful? They don't even need a brake or nothing. It's just its own weight. But then once they get it moving, it also doesn't really take that much. They're just barely keeping it running. The only time that really sucks is getting it up and going. That's your business, your weight loss, your any goal is going to be horrible on the way. But once it's up and running, it'll be nothing. He continues on to say that along with my his daily rhythms, he also plans ahead. He refers to the intimacy of his marriage and with that here's how it works every friday night is date night and him and his wife go out and do something special together both their cell phones go off at 6 p.m with an alarm and that's it no matter what like date night is on he does make a point that it does sound 
cliche to be like, it's time for a date night, you have to do it. But it's the only way to guarantee that you'll ever do it, is to be that strict about it. Yeah, because he says maybe you've noticed that even when something is a high priority for you, if it isn't scheduled on your calendar, sometimes it doesn't happen, which I, I get that. No, I always was someone to make fun of that. We we both have before, and I kind of, now I'm like, oh, I get the idea. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and like on not even to be like per- personal right now, but we have been trying to have plans every Sunday night for how long? <laughs> and we, for some reason or another, something just seems to keep coming up, and we haven't been able to follow through with them, whether it's on us or, or the other people or whatnot. Life, but it's not like we have it written in our schedule. This is the time we're going to do this. Right. So I see why. And in the past, we have had things scheduled for for <laughs> podcast meetings and whatnot, and we did stick to it. So it sounds Clearly. like you shouldn't need to schedule it in, but... Even the littlest things need to be... You kind of do. ...accounted for. I feel like he does say that a lot. Yeah. Because then he puts Saturdays are his family day, which means there's no work. That's a huge one. I feel like everyone's always... There's just no time. Well, it's because you don't find it. You can just think about it. What... Just tell everyone no and stay home. If you don't create these boundaries, one day has a tendency to flow into the next. And unfortunately, the people who get shoved aside are often the most important. I love that part. It was like, you know it's Saturday because it's the day. Oh, don't call him. He's not going to answer his phone. It's Saturday. Like, it makes it a special. Right. No, I get that. Sunday night, he has R&R, which is relationship review with his wife. I guess he picked it up. From relationship relationship experts Linda and Richard Ear. So they are part of a success audio series. He talks about how we start the conversation by telling each other a few good things that we have appreciated about the other during the previous week. It's helpful to start with the good stuff. Then using an idea I picked up from my interview, we ask each other, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how would you rate our relationship this week? This gets the discussion of wins and losses flowing. <laughs> I get the idea of it. It just it sounds a little too, like, TV for me. Then we discuss the adjustments that need to be made through this follow-up question. What would it take to make your experience a 10? By the end of the discussion, both of us feel heard and validated, and we have made our observations and wishes clear moving into the next week. This is an incredible process. I highly recommend it if you dare. I definitely feel like I was just trying to say before I cut her off was that you need, I like the idea of it and I feel like we could use it in our personal relationship, but maybe just not. I think it opens up a way of having a discussion with your significant other without being so blunt. Yeah. Or hurting each other or, or blaming each other. Like it's so hard to get through an honest conversation And this really isn't like a, you did this or I didn't do this. It's more of a, how did, how did the situation happen and how can we make the situation better? It's kind of like a, you're, you're kind of on the same side, even though you're, you might have a difference of opinions. No, I get that. So all in all, creating a schedule, even if it's for family time is incredibly important, at least to the author. And he says that you can see that once all of this is scheduled, You no longer have to think about what you need to be doing. Everything just starts to happen naturally, and we've created a rhythm that gives us momentum. 
I guess I never thought of the if you're at work the whole time and you're thinking, man, how can I spend more time with the kids? But if you know that Saturday's for the kids, that's the last thing on your mind. Exactly. That's I love planning. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I've never been one. Yeah, I know. I love to plan and, and, and account for and know because once I've got a plan, then I don't have to worry about it or think about it. One other point that he mentions is to not overdo it when you start creating a, a rhythm. and a, and your He uses the workout story, was it? Where his yeah. buddy goes to the gym and he's going to go ham. and he Two gets... hours a day, five days a week. And at first you will on anything. You're going to say, this is the greatest thing ever. Why have I not been doing this? But give it a month, give it two, you're going to, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. So he came up with a great solution where you do it. You can go hard at first. So you do it five days a week, but then you're going to want to, after like a month, maybe two, go down to four. And then when you're down to four, bring it right down to three and stay there consistently. Yeah. He says, it's okay if you go strong for a while, but you've got to see the light at the end of the tunnel where you can start scaling it back. You can always find 45 minutes to do an hour a few times a week, but to find two hours, five days a week to make your routine work, that'll never happen. Remember, consistency is a critical component of success. I feel like that'd be anyone's problem. I'm, how am I going to go to the gym for two hours? That's impossible. So you'll find any excuse not to go, but one hour, three days a week, well, you'll. there's no excuse. Find the time. The author says... Um, if there is one discipline that gives him a competitive advantage, it's his ability to be consistent. Consistency is a powerful tool you can use to launch the flight towards your goals. When people start a new endeavor, they grab the lever and start pumping really hard. I like that because everybody, as he goes to explain, grabs a new thing. Let's, you know, even if it's working out, they go ham for the first two weeks and then. They just give right up, and they never see any results. But if you stayed there on the pump and you just kept going, eventually you're going to see water. And then some people, as he says, they'll get, let's say, they can do like one pull-up now after so much working out, and they're like, that's it? It's been three months? I can only do one pull-up? Compared to the other guy who's going to go, three months, and I can do one pull-up? Imagine what I can do in three more months. Right. And he says, if you continue to pump, it doesn't take long before you'll get a full and steady stream of water. You will have your success. And now that the water is flowing, you no longer need to pump the lever as hard or as quickly. It becomes easy. All you have to do is keep the pressure steady and just pump the lever consistently. That's the compound effect. To go with my workout, that's really cool. Because you now you're saying, all I have to do is keep up. And once you've been doing it for so long, that weight's going to feel like nothing. But as he goes on to tell us that, or he said before, we need to switch it up every once in a while. But just the idea that you'll be able to do it in no time, a month or two, and then consistently, and the rest will come. It says, winning the race is all about the pace. Be the tortoise. The person who, given enough time will beat virtually anybody in any competition as a result of positive habits and behaviors applied consistently. That'll put the mojo into your momentum and keep it there. Making the right choice, holding to right behaviors, practicing perfect habits, staying consistent, and keeping your momentum is easier said than done, especially in the dynamic, constantly changing, and always challenging world that we share with billions of other people. 
In the next chapter, I will discuss the many influences that most unknowingly can help or hinder your ability to succeed. These influences are persuasive, pervasive, and constant. Learn how to use them or you might end up losing because of them. Dang, every week he gets me so hooked. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I better cheat. I want to see what it is. <laughs> I think that's all my notes. You got anything else you want to add before we head out? No, that was the end of the chapter. And oh, I, need to, I think I need to process it. No, it was a lot. And I know we said it in a short amount of time, but there's a lot of meaning behind it. Thank you everyone for joining us this week. We'll Hopefully catch, catch you, you for next chapter week. five. See you then. Bye. Yeah, next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it both informative and entertaining. Please stay connected with us and continue the conversation on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also catch us on most podcast platforms and catch up on previous episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to explore in the future, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out to us via email at 303 and at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends and family if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We will be back next week with more engaging topics and insightful conversations. Until then, take care, stay curious, and happy learning.